0: Hello, welcome to the Off The Rocks podcast. My name is Jen and I'm talking to Sarah. Hello.
1: Hello, me old okay? <laughs> How are you doing, duck? <laughs> I'm good, just testing out new greetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we were just
0: chatting off air. It's not, We're not really on air, but we were chatting before we hit record about the fact that we were planning to take this podcast through to six months, which would have taken it through to the end of June. This podcast will come out the very last Thursday in May but because of a few things behind the scenes in each of our lives we've decided to take a break from after this one just for a summer holiday and we'll most likely be back sometime in the autumn. We're going to keep it quite open-ended and just see how we feel for no other reason than we have done almost well we've done five whole months every single week every thursday we've done a new podcast and it's been brilliant and i've loved doing it and i love chatting to you sarah and obviously that won't stop just because we're not doing podcasts for a little bit but this is the topic of this podcast today it's good to take a break yeah so we're going to take a break from podcasting and we thought that we would have a chat about why it's good to take breaks from things all sorts of different things have you got any things that spring to your mind that you take breaks from regularly, or that you think you should,
1: or that you um, have in the past? Life, uh, being an adult, <laughs> <Just> breathing <laughs> <in> and out. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sort of half joking. Like I do, I'm. I get quite overwhelmed quite easily um, if by having. And when I say too much on, I mean, my idea of too much on is, is probably a lot less than most people's. But, you know, it's all relative. Like to me, there can be too much on and it might only be a couple of different things in the week. But, yeah, I definitely need to just take a step back, take a breather, reassess whether it's something that I want to be doing now. Um, I guess just prioritising my energy is is probably the best way that I can put it. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking regular breaks constantly and even just from my day I mean I work from home by myself in front of a computer screen all day and for me that is a lot so just regular breaks throughout the day that's why I like to work from home so I can go for a walk or I can go and do something else so that I don't just get kind of really bogged down in things so yeah I think for me it is a really important practice that I do quite a lot.
0: Yeah I think since we thought hey this this will be a good topic to discuss it's actually occurred to me that I do this all the time Mm. on sort of micro levels and macro levels because I think that's I think it's really healthy to do that I think obviously there's a certain amount of routine that comes along with life anyway but outside of that when it's something that you have choice over and you can make conscious decisions over it's a really healthy habit to strengthen to To be able to step back from things and, and assess them from a different angle and, and change your perspective and just to think, what am I getting from this? Why am I doing this? Do I want to keep on doing this? What does it add to my life? Or how does it detract? It also, I was saying as well, I take breaks from the gym. I, I'm a gym goer. I tend to lift weights mostly, but sometimes I just get uh, sort of bogged down in it and I just feel a bit knackered and Or I just lose the motivation to do it. And I hate, like, there's nothing worse than going to the gym when you feel like it's a forced thing or to do anything Mm. when you feel like it's that. But I obviously know the importance of exercise and keeping active. And it's definitely something that I need and want to incorporate into my life regularly. And you obviously reap rewards from that. But sometimes you just need a week or two or three where you just don't do it. And then I start to miss it. Typically, yeah I was I really just gonna do. say
1: like that's the thing where if it's if it's something that you actually enjoy and, and get a lot out of then eventually you will start to miss it and that's a nice feeling to just be like I'm really looking forward to getting back into that and I think yeah I've definitely had that with with activities where you haven't done them and then you're like oh actually I mm. might, might just start doing that again and then it's it's nice to kind of feel that it's like with it's the same with people isn't it you know when you don't see people for a while and then you start to miss them mm. it's a nice feeling to be like yeah i really want to see you again rather than just oh we're stuck in this routine of seeing each other you yeah. know this many times and doing this thing and you know i do i'm a big advocate for change and what's that saying like change is as good as it's it a holiday yeah essentially um and also it accounts for the fact that you your natural kind of ebb and flow of your own emotions and what you're going through and how you're feeling like it makes sense that after a while of just doing something all the time you're gonna just need a little bit of a break from it and and then you can kind of revisit it and then sometimes if during that time you realize that you don't miss it and that that's not actually you just feel relief that you're not doing it anymore then maybe you can find something else to do that kind of fulfill that need to begin with so yeah it's super healthy I think
0: or or go back to it but in from a different angle like shake Mm. it up a bit and do something different or modify it and yeah like re rework it having breaks from anything and like you say from in in just general work work life it can feel like it's really counterproductive to step away and to stop working and to do something completely different and to relax or you know watch a nice program because I've been in and I know that you have too because we've discussed it but I've definitely been in work environments in in my life where I literally I've I've been very productive but it's at absolutely the expense of my health and my peace Mm. of mind and when we first became really good friends was just when I was publishing the book and sort of promoting that a lot and I was getting loads of um uh people from Australia for some reason wanting the book and so I I have to package those up myself and take them to the post office and I remember you saying because I think I went to the post office with batches of books three times one week and you were like people won't mind if it takes two extra days like if you just go once a week maybe yeah um, to the post office and just do one drop off and it kind of because I'd got into such a fever pitch with trying to keep up with every comment every email every inquiry I was getting every order my head was just so stuck in it I couldn't see I couldn't see and it sort of took a few people to sort of say you've got to stop like you're gonna make yourself ill you're getting stressed maybe do this or maybe do that and I think at one point you were like if you had a break today he just like sent a random text saying have you had a break have you managed to drink some water because I just wasn't eating either I'd work so much that I would forget to eat and then it was brought to my attention because I was like shaking hungry, and then I'd be like, Oh yeah, I've not eaten, so I'll eat. Like I wasn't taking care of basic stuff, and I've done that loads of times, it's not just then, but it's really, really detrimental. And taking a break felt like if I did that, if I stepped away from it for like half an hour at some points, it <laughs> That's would all it. collapse. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Which is obviously <laughs> but- ridiculous. And actually it has the convert it has the reverse effect. You take a break and you recharge and you're able to to look at the situation from a better standpoint and work out the things you need to do in order to be yeah. more productive, to enjoy it more, to be more creative, you know, and, and you, you save yourself from stress and exhaustion that you otherwise can't because you just head down, go, go, go all the time, and it's just crazy.
1: Yeah definitely and I think just continuing on that work theme you know th- there's a reason that like employers give you annual leave and it's it's not just to be nice so that you know they're they're coming across well it's because if you don't take holidays if you don't take breaks then people just burn out they're not as effective um, they get sick um, you know so it's really you know I've been in workplaces where <laughs> this has not been a problem for me I've always <laughs> like spunked on my annual leave in like the first six months but there have been people it's like you know the boss has been like now Chris you haven't had a day off for for 18 you know a week off or 18 months or something you've got like nine weeks of annual leave and like it's not healthy to like not do that so it's in everyone's best interest for you to just get the fuck out for like a week or so yeah and and you have to take take
0: yourself out of the situation in order to see the situation for what it is and you can't really do that while you're still doing it so you have to force yourself if you're not in the habit of of knowing that that's a very healthy thing to do to take breaks and to factor them in it's in our biochemistry you know that's why we sleep we have to sleep to break Mm. up the day so that we can repair and recover you know you obviously everyone knows what it feels like when you're sleep deprived you don't function well you feel ill you forget things you're not good company you're grumpy you you know you turn to i with do the feel things. like you're
1: talking particularly to me now because <laughs> it's so it's so accurate i am just nightmarish when i haven't slept absolutely nightmarish and well, that's natural yeah for me to do it on any kind of like ongoing level i just have a full-on breakdown i, I just yeah i can't do it yeah it's not it good
0: breaks breaks in every way refresh your mind they replenish you they help you to function better when you are doing the thing, whatever it is that you're putting, you're applying your attention to. Mm. Um, so they are necessary. And if you don't understand that, try to, try to actually learn about that a bit more. And with, yeah, with the podcast, I love doing it. I definitely want to come back and do it with you if you're willing, you know, after we've had a break.
1: You're not going to secretly rebrand under a different name with <laughs> no. a, with a new presenter, are you? Absolutely like, Oh, not. Jen's taking a break. And no, then, no, 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 <laughs> no, not at
0: all. Yeah, I I just think it will probably be maybe within two weeks that I'll start to miss doing it. I can yeah, predict yeah, it will yeah, be yeah, really yeah. soon. That I'll think, ah, oh, yeah, this would be a really good topic, or I might have an email or something that would be a question. We had another one-off shout out to Jade, by the way. Thanks oh, for updating us, Jade. Um, on your sober now. wedding, well done. But uh yeah, we'll we'll get questions and ridiculous uh ethical dilemmas in, no doubt, and there'll be some that I'll think we need to jump on and do this one now, but we can always save them and come back to it. Yeah. And we're interviewing hopefully Laura McCowan and Cass Gray about their upcoming books and probably a few more people as well that we can badger. But yeah, there's loads of things that we can um do and I'm looking forward to doing it. But for the time being, you know, I'm moving house there's a few things going on like admin wise that i just need to focus on and you're going on a holiday aren't you across the other side of the world I soon am, i am so yeah there's a few things that it's a good time um after a few months to just use the summer to to um, recharge and um, definitely
1: and just think. talking about um uh, laura and kath there and books it made me think about how i haven't written anything for about two months uh so I'm kind of and I think again just on the taking a break thing I think I needed I I really needed to take a break from writing because I was Mm. putting loads of pressure on myself for reasons that I I have no idea (laughs) really why I was just like I need to I need to do this many words and I need to get it finished by this amount of time and you know I reached a milestone that I wanted to reach and then I I just realized after that that actually just naturally just took a break from it Mm. and um and it's felt really good and I haven't been like I haven't sort of felt guilty or anything about it but i've just like the last week or so i've been like i really do want to start writing again and i feel like i'm in a better headspace to do it because i just had a lot going on uh recently so i'm kind of quite excited to do that so i guess um yeah, or swap my podcast time for writing time. Exactly, and we can interview you about try. your book. When well, maybe, maybe <laughs> my book that is um, probably still—I don't know if I'll ever finish it. I'm just going to be writing it forevermore, and it'll be six hundred thousand words long. But you know,
0: i, I actually think though that sometimes the um, the ambition that a lot of people have to write books, it's not really about getting other people to acknowledge it or to have it published or have it for sale in bookshops or anything like that it's more about having just completed writing a book totally um, certainly totally. for me that was a huge part of it i just really wanted to complete it and it was so difficult that that in itself was a massive accomplishment and i know quite a few people that have almost written the book but it's they can't quite I don't know end it
1: yeah I Um, think getting over the line you know like you have this idea and adrenaline drives you on and and then it's like I think for me what I really want now is just for someone to just give me a hand like I'd I'd love to I mean I'm not I know that this isn't how it works but like if I had an editor who would be like right this is crap this is good expand on this I don't like you know who would just go through it I think it would give me this renewed kind of vigour but at the moment it's just there's so many words and it just feels like a little bit in some which is why I've had to take a break and I think when I go back to it it will just feel a little bit easier because I've had that distance from it yeah. and I can kind of approach things with fresh eyes again so then I can kind of do that next sort of round where you know it's probably two-thirds written or something like that so yeah I think that the hardest part is probably still to come but I, yeah so I couldn't have done it when I was kind of at a low energy place and not really not really committed to it other than to get it finished i wasn't really committed to the writing i was just committed to the the process and i just wanted it off my plate and that's not any way to to Mm. write anything really
0: yeah and i I do i think i i certainly did that when i was writing the Offs rocks journal i took loads of lengthy breaks from writing Mm. it and then once it was written i would go after publishers and um you have to submit your manuscripts and every person wants a proposal in a different way or yeah you know, it's it's so time consuming and fiddly and annoying yeah. but each one is really important that you research that that company and do it exactly the way that they want because I've heard that they'll just throw it out if you literally send a yeah, different yeah. file that they've asked for so it's really tough when you get to that point as well and I again I took I would apply to like 20 publishing places or agents and then wait for I don't know sometimes they can say we'll be back in touch maybe within six to twelve weeks I would take six to twelve weeks and not approach a single other person I did that quite Mm. regularly I'd have like a spate of doing it and be really productive and then I'd wait and take a break and get back to it and it was it was the way that it worked for me and obviously I'd I was had other things say, going. Uh,
1: doesn't sound like a, a terrible way to do it actually to just be like right I've done that I'm now going to park it and mm. just get on with my life rather than staying on that treadmill of constantly like contacting people and yeah
0: yeah and then you will you might get a few uh, or a couple of inquiries or a, I had a couple of meetings in London and a couple of different people and I had a, a few offers but they weren't again like you, you might get a, a book offer but it won't be the one that is right for you or mm. they want something from you that you're not happy to give or they might want to the most of them do want to change it slightly but sometimes they'll want to change it a lot and it might be yeah. like a fundamental thing that. Um, and that's
1: not really going to work with your book is it because it's like hey. this is fundamentally what I created and I can't yeah I mean I was that. happy
0: I was happy to change bits and bobs but yeah obviously the it depends how attached you are to to the importance of whatever mm. it is they're asking you to to make the changes on but you will find the right route however when it comes to that point and you can't get to that point until you get through the other points you know you're not going to be able to do that until you finish the book at least or or saying that you know a lot of people will say do it now like start approaching agents now if you've got two thirds done and you know what the ending will be that's good enough like you can say it will will be finished Mm. by you know within three months or six months and sometimes if someone's interested and they they say that's great that will give you the push to to fucking finish it you know what I mean if you've got someone that's really <laughs> yeah, yeah, interested yeah. that could be the the difference so because I do
1: I do work best write best to a deadline and Under I think pressure, having yeah. this open, open-ended well there isn't a deadline it's just open ended I can I can finish it in 15 years if I want to and I think that that doesn't really work for me which is why I tried to impose this deadline on myself before which to a certain extent it did work you know I was like right set a target of writing X number of words every day and even if I didn't feel like it I never got to the end of writing those words and be like well I, I wish I had not have done that yeah. like I was like okay that's good I did it and yeah onwards so I don't know I think it's just trying to sort of trying trial and error and see what works and absolutely Absolutely. And I'm also, not.
0: that's that's the problem, isn't it, with self-imposed deadlines. They're useful if you stick to them, but you can also just think, I'm going to change that deadline. <laughs> change <laughs> that deadline to, to, from 10,000 <laughs> to 10. Yeah, pretty much,
1: pretty much just a couple of sentences a week. Yeah, like, I've hit my target, <laughs> doing really well. <laughs> well, I did say when I went to New Zealand that that would be a good time, like, both on the plane and while I'm there without work and, and stuff to kind of, um, to sort of, i mean not necessarily finish it finish it off if that's not where i'm at but i thought it was just kind of a good opportunity for me to do that so i think if i can try and get things in order and you know i leave in like a month then um it might be a really good opportunity to do that so i'll just yeah I'll just see how you it gotta goes. see
0: how it goes and, and always try to try to factor in your enjoyment of life because i know i've done that in the past where i'll <laughs> just like have these ambitions and um goals in mind and I'll go after them like tooth and nail at the expense like during like during the going after it I'll I'll realize at some point I'm fucking hating this I'm yeah, absolutely yeah. like what I'm why am I doing this again I'm fucking hating it um I'm not, not getting any good out of it in my life it's like destroying me health-wise and mental health-wise and um I think that's another good reason to take breaks so you can actually just reassess and change stuff if if it's not working for you And that goes for everything. Obviously for me, I've spoken about this so many times, you know, alcohol, I take long breaks from it. I I haven't drank at the moment for, I can't even remember when, it was so insignificant when I last like consciously drank, but nine, I want to say like nine months, something like that, getting on for probably a year since I last had like a glass of wine. And before that, i was like in a conscious drinking phase having done like over three years complete abstinence and then before that a year here a year there six months here like i definitely have got over i feel in myself the problem drinking position that i was in 10 years ago and that's taken so much trial and error and um determination and and did finding different paths that worked for me and that will be a bit different for everybody you know I've definitely I've met people that are complete AA diehard fanatics and that works for them other people literally have gone to one meeting hated it never went back and there's loads of other modalities in in between those two things obviously AA is probably the most well-known and the most traditional but yeah, there's there's no one way of doing it. But for me, it was definitely a case of I knew at that point I had to take a long, long, complete abstinence break. And for me at that point, it may have meant forever that I would never drink again and certainly while I was involved with AA that was definitely the message you know you shouldn't ever drink again once an alcoholic always an alcoholic type of mentality and I don't agree with that I don't think I ever really did I certainly don't now but I would definitely advocate and I I obviously do advocate for anybody taking regular breaks from alcohol and reassessing Mm. how your relationship is with that substance because it's such a common thing to have a problematic relationship with and it can be so Devastating, depending on how how healthy your relationship is with it, um, how I, I aware you are of, of it. Loads of
1: people like actually will like, actively say, "Oh, you know, I'm going to try and not drink for yeah x amount of, it, you know, even if it's just like a, a couple of weeks." And actually, that's yeah. can be really hard to do because it's so ingrained in like your social life and mm. and everything that you do. And so people don't really. I mean. I, I don't know if I ever did say that, probably said it once or twice that I wouldn't drink for like a month or something. But if you don't actually do it, then you you don't realise the benefits that you can get. Yeah. And you um, don't
0: realise the extent of your bad
1: relationship with it mm. if you don't see
0: how well or badly you can cope when you take it out of the equation. Most people yeah. can't can't handle it in, yeah. ter- in terms of they can't handle not having it in their lives. And that in itself is a bad, bad sign. Mm. I know that I'm not in that situation now. Like I've proven it to myself and you know, I, I can go for long, long periods of time where I don't need it, don't want it, don't crave it, don't have it. it just it's not a part of my life in, in the way that it used to be years and years ago. And the way that I see that it is in most people's lives and it and that's it's a real commonplace drug addiction and, and because it's so normalised and glamorized most people just are not aware of it you, you don't typically become aware of it until you start to realize bloody hell I've got a bit of a issue with it
1: yeah yeah definitely um, which and is why I'd... I would say
0: take breaks from it to just see and see how see how big of a problem it is and then try to address that before it gets even worse because it tends
1: to if it's left unaddressed yeah it's so it's so pervasive because I, I haven't I haven't drank since uh, September so it, you know it's getting on for like I can't do maths, what's that, nine months or something, ten months? No, maybe not that long. And, you know, for the most part, it's been great and it's been um, been—I'm certainly so glad that I did it and I felt so much better for it and stuff. But just even, I mean, that sounds like quite a long amount of time, but actually I'm still like this is the first kind of chunk of um like summer sort of good weather Mm. that I've um that I've encountered really since I stopped drinking and it is quite triggering like Mm -hmm. it is you know I'm like it's not like I'm necessarily craving a drink but uh, it's just that it's suddenly back on my right all right i can hear the police coming for me again it's like i'm not gonna drink i said i'm just thinking about it um but yeah it's just interesting how suddenly you know i could go for weeks and weeks at a time without without really thinking about it and suddenly it's a bit more in my consciousness now Mm -hmm. like i see that sun and think about the beer garden and like the cold glass of wine and and all that kind of stuff and so yeah it's just it is interesting how you can like, the length of time that you take a break is is important because it would have been really easy for me maybe three months ago to think, well, I've got this nailed now. Like, yeah, I'm completely fine. Like, yeah. that adds, it's, it's in the bag. And it's not, really, because, you know, I've just had those creeping thoughts where I've been like, I mean wonder if i could drink in this and then i'm just like no you don't need to go down that road sarah stop it but yeah like i say it's not it's not ac- it's not an actual craving and desire to drink it's just the uh triggering thoughts popping back in based on like external circumstances namely yeah. the weather
0: you're absolutely right and and i definitely realized that when i first started on my
1: my journey <laughs> my journey
0: into <laughs> um into getting to the bottom of why why i turn to drink so so badly the way that I used to and for me it was I knew right from because I'd spent so long trying to not drink and then just like giving up after a day or two or one weekend or two weekends and then it would just be as bad as it ever was like I had just had no real control over it or at least that's how it felt so I knew that because I'd spent so long doing that that it would take quite a long time not having anything to do with it for me to really look at that relationship and work out all the things that underlay it and put in better coping strategies in place of that it takes and developing genuine self-confidence because you're not confident if you need a drink any drug you know to make it through your life and social situations and most people do need alcohol in social situations unfortunately and and don't even question that because most people are like that it's only when you really step out from it and take a break from it and get a different perspective and really look at those triggers and the situation that you properly understand it that's why people that have been through that uh, those experiences of of giving up drink and and cultivating a lifestyle that does not revolve around it you tend to have a real instant rapport with them and a real mm. deep understanding and um, an affection and respect for them because it's hard. It's generally yeah. really hard. It's, it's unusual I'll meet somebody that can have a, quite a, a normal level of reliance on it at the very least and then just give it up like that. Yeah. That was a click of my fingers I'm terrible at clicking my fingers <laughs> um yeah it's it's a very rare person that can do that and that's probably because they didn't really have a much of an issue with it in the first place and can genuinely take or leave it and tend to leave it rather than take it i was definitely much more of a person that would take it no matter where or when it was um <laughs> Time. I never put it down, like... And and most people that I knew were kind of similar, whether they kind of realised it or not. But you do tend... You, you've got this camaraderie with people that have been through that experience because it's generally really, really difficult, varying degrees of challenging. And, and when you've been through that, you automatically know about that other person some of the background without them even mentioning stuff. Yeah. Um, it's the same with anything, you know, if you've got a... Uh, you know, I recently I've met some the first person in my life actually that's had a heart operation that I did as a as a kid yeah I've never I met one before obviously when I was in the hospital there were other kids that had been brought to that hospital in Birmingham from around the country to have it but I've never in my normal everyday life come across someone with that condition and for it to have been undiagnosed so long as as mine was and I can't, I don't, it randomly came up in the conversation through them. And I said, no way have I've had that. And it was the first person in my life that I have come across. And, and because of that, we had this instant, like understanding, because obviously you don't know what it feels like to go through a heart surgery or to go undiagnosed with such a serious thing, you know, and, and the way that like people treat you is slightly differently when they know about it. And sometimes but yeah, with anything like that, you'll have that, that shared experience and have that instant um, connection. And it's the same thing with anything, really.
1: Yeah, that can be really powerful. Just, mm. just having, you know, just like you say, that shared experience and you just instantly kind of have an insight into someone and what they've been through and mm. how they felt about things. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And um
0: with, with uh, giving up drinkers or giving up anything that's hard you know that's why the community aspect is such an important yeah, component yeah. because it's really it's so helpful i can't ex- i can't express how if not helpful like necessary it is mm. to to make connections with people that have walked that path and had those experiences and developed a better way of living whether that is total abstinence and i, lo- I know loads of people that do do that I've got loads of friends that are completely sober and never, ever plan to drink again. I've got friends that are scared to drink again, which, again, that's their own um, way of dealing with it. And that's like, I'm not judging them, but I didn't want to feel like that. I didn't want to feel like in fear of it, which is why I sort of consciously experimented at some point with it again, because I didn't want to feel those um, residual AA feelings of indoctrination I would say that I was living in fear of this substance if I ever mm. like accidentally even ingested it I, I just didn't feel comfortable with that it's just not my personality to have gone that way whereas for other people it doesn't bother them they just think I don't care I'm almost glad that I'm fearful of it because it keeps me away and it keeps me safe so it's different for different people and there's no right or wrong with it it's just right or wrong for you I think as long as you have a like a healthy relationship with yourself and you sort of know yourself and know genuinely that you believe in your heart of hearts that you're on top of it and that you're as healthy as you can be with whatever then that's as good as you need need it to be and that's as much as you need to justify it as well I don't need to justify to anybody else that I don't do AA meetings anymore or whatever yeah, it's, it's almost like you don't
1: you don't need to kind of take on this or there's an extra baggage about not drinking. It's just the most important thing is that you don't drink and you don't need to spend too much time thinking about, well, you know, how do I feel about the not drinking? Am I scared of it? And am I, the, you know, it's just like you're not drinking and you're happier for it and that's great. And if you've done the work on yourself, then it shouldn't take up sort of too much space in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it's, difficult because I'm sober but it's not like I, I probably will have a drink again at some point in the future I wouldn't be able to tell you when and it doesn't come up it's not a planned thing and
1: it's not something yeah, that's on my mind I, but it, I didn't mean when I said you I, I meant like one person. as in yeah. Uh, yeah like and if that works for you then that's great and to be yeah. honest uh, that's um you know what I was talking about before in terms of like feeling a bit triggered by the summer and stuff I think I'm similar to you in the fact that I don't want to have that fear mm. about drinking and I just want to know that I am completely in control of it. And I think for that reason, at some point in the future, I think I probably will gently test that in a way that is very, very safe. And at a time when I've gone a really long stretch and I feel in control of it, because for me, that kind of ends the circle and that ties it up neatly in a bow where I can go, you know what, I can have a drink now and I'm not going to have six and I'm not going to want to do this Regularly and, you know, and, and I'm not... I'd, obviously, I don't know when that will be and I don't know how that will go. But f- for me, that's definitely the way that my mind works in terms of this is how I take the power away from it by being mm. like, yeah, fuck you, like, this doesn't... This is okay now, I'm in control of it. And I think it's just like you say, it's like whatever works for you, but it just doesn't need to become this this extra thing where, you know, you're stressing about... But it just it just shouldn't be. It's It's a substance and it's a it's a poison and any headspace that it takes up is is kind of too much really
0: yeah and yeah I think for me it's not that I, I like I don't drink as a rule and I haven't drunk for ages and I I never plan to revolve my life around it again like it like it used to it used to be that way you know a decade plus ago but I what what's more important for me is not that I never ever drink any amount of alcohol it's that I never ever get into the situations that i used to when it was really bad I, I don't have a drink problem anymore yeah yeah i that's don't have it, a drink issue i yeah. don't have a drink dependency and that's that's the point for me it's not it's not like i've done 752 days without having this thing mm. that's not the goal at all for me it's it's a healthy rational reasonable intelligent way of looking at it and and i Uh, It's me, it's for me to judge my own history, it's me for me to judge my own feelings about it. And there are probably people that think that I'm um, like uh, misguided, or I've had people say that I'm dangerous for openly talking about this the fact that I didn't drink and now I occasionally do. I've had people say that I'll kill people, people that you know I'm responsible for other people going off the rails or relapsing. I don't agree with those people. I don't agree that that's the situation. I'm, everyone's responsible for themselves. I'm not, influ- I'm not trying to influence anybody. I'm certainly not telling anybody to do that. I'm just openly, honestly talking about my own experiences. And loads of people have done that. Absolutely loads of people have taken long breaks and then reintroduced it. And it's been okay. It's been a different relationship, a healthier, genuinely give or take relationship. And I'm also sure a lot of people might think I'm not being truthful with with other people and myself and that I have gone straight back to the same relationship I always had where it's very problematic and it's something that I'm like obsessed with maybe and it's it's not that at all I know it's not if you spend any time with me you know that I don't have a issue with it it's just not a an issue or a problem and if I think if people assume that and that's how they prefer to think of it that it's only that way because that then backs up their own views of well that's why they wouldn't drink and that's what they're assuming would be the case for everybody yeah Um, and it's not it's not it's not the case for everybody at all it's you have to find your own your own way and for me this is the way that is preferable and, and works for me and I'm not advising that anybody else do it I'm just saying it it can work that way in the same way that
1: it can work and can be the right thing to never drink again. It's just finding your own way. And yeah. I think you'll know, you'll know, if you're doing the work on yourself um, and you have the self-awareness, you'll know what feels right. And, you know, if, yeah, just that essentially. Yeah. <laughs> if something doesn't feel right, then try a different way, you know, reassess. Yeah. And the, the only way that I
0: really... Way really got to know that is because I took a long 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 total break from it like that was absolutely necessary I couldn't sort it out while I was in it and so for me it was never a case of I just need a weekend or two weekends off or I'll just you know reduce the the units of alcohol drink that was never going to work for me it was way too ingrained a problem and um, I hadn't worked out all the things that I needed to to work out and put them in place of it so you just sometimes you just can't do two things consecutively you've got to put one thing down in order to really throw yourself into the the solution of that thing and and definitely with with the alcohol problem for me and, and I think for lots of people and I would recommend it for for everybody really that's the way to go about it I think that's probably the best way for most people is taking a really significant break depending on how bad you think the problem was and how how much it fucked up your life and and all of that probably would dictate the length of break that you'd need to take from it and for me that was quite a significant you know several years in a row and it ended up in hindsight doing the trick but I didn't ever plan like I'll do three years then I'll mindfully introduce it I didn't know I was going to feel that way until probably two years in and um, and even then I gave it another year plus before I took that other decision I wanted to make completely certain it was not a knee-jerk thing it wasn't ill-advised it wasn't something that I was doing because I was craving it I wanted to be absolutely certain it to be a very very conscious considered sensible thing and that as far as I I can could have controlled it that was the way that it went and it's gone the same way with certain like friends and family members in in my past um sometimes if a relationship gets a bit like uh, fractious and or toxic you know certainly with like sexual romantic relationships I do think sometimes if you get too in like if you get into bad habits you sometimes just do need to sort of take a proper break to to reassess it and again I, I sometimes think it's you're too close to the situation to to solve it and and remedy it while you're still there living with it
1: every day. Definitely. And I, I think taking that break and, sit and and like really looking at how you feel during that break, because, you know, if it's been two weeks without that, you know, a partner or whatever it is, and, and all you're feeling is like relief and freedom and happiness and stuff, then that's probably a sign that they weren't really great. Um, but, you know, if you start if you're missing them and you um, and you're kind of able to get a bit of distance and you kind of can see well maybe I did this that wasn't great and they did that and it kind of opens up um, you know conversation then that's something different but yeah I, I, I think it's so hard to to see how you feel about something when you're in the middle of it it's, it's near enough impossible because mm-hmm. you just you need to get a bit of distance and you know, I'm obviously always advocating um therapy, but that's what therapy is so great for because that distance is discussing the situation with someone who doesn't, who isn't in it, and who doesn't know it. And then suddenly, like the way that you talk about it and the way that you feel when you talk about it becomes more evident than it does when you're smack bang in the middle of it, talking to the person, you know, that it's about.
0: Yeah, and therapy as well. It's such a that's a good one too because I've I've had like quite extensive therapy throughout my life but i've also taken long breaks from it and reassessed and and i think sometimes the type of therapy you have or the type of therapist is good for a certain problem or a certain Mm -hmm. phase in your life but sometimes if you've almost come to the end of sorting something out and i know we're always a work in progress so it's not like that work is ever properly done or completed but for therapy and specifically you know if you go in with a specific issue sometimes it is done and and you have covered it all and you've improved and you've progressed to a point where maybe you can consider stepping back and getting a different form of therapy or going to a different new therapist yeah. um, sometimes or that's just having a necessary. break altogether, because there's mm.
1: something it's just really empowering about kind of just you know you do a long piece of work with someone about working through an issue and then you just go and try it in real life and you see how you fly and how you go and it can be great to kind of see. actually yeah I do feel differently about this and I'm doing this all by myself because you know therapy isn't it's not like relying too heavily on on someone or you know needing someone for support they are there to facilitate your own stuff like you, you you do the work they don't do it for you but you can feel a little bit like you know when you're having a really difficult time that the therapist does become really important in your life and you're just like oh I don't feel like I could really get through this without them so when you're kind of out the other end and you're just doing life and you're doing really well at it it can be it can feel really really great so in that way it's good to have that bit of that bit of space to just to just be essentially
0: absolutely it's like liberation and it's Mm. testing the theories that you learn and there's no other way of testing theories than to actually live through them and see what happens and yeah good therapy is meant to promote dependence like independence rather and um, Mm. interdependence because we all need other people yeah yeah. Um, we all need help and we all need interaction and community to an extent but it's It's looking at the ways that we are dependent, or too dependent, or codependent, and actually trying to fix that, and being responsible and accountable for our own choices, for our own lives, for our own decisions, and our own choices and our own mistakes, and all of that. And it's like there's no one person on the planet throughout the history of time, or nor will ever live, that's going to have a perfect life. And um, all of us will have difficulties. All of us will have struggles and sorrows and issues and. You know you can only learn through living you you just can't you you can't lock yourself away in a room and just read all the books and think I'm completely a really well-formed human because if you haven't actually put that into practice you'll never actually know yeah so yeah taking breaks from all sorts of things from friends if you feel like you know if if they can if they've gotten a bit codependent or toxic take a break like detach with love and try to resolve things from a bit more of a distance or just give it a bit of time same with relationships and the same with substances and foods like I generally try to I'm definitely like more plant-based but I wouldn't call myself vegan because I think that I think vegan people a, a brill in terms of they're so disciplined and dedicated to that lifestyle but I think you know to really call yourself a vegan you you've got to respect the fact that it is a lifestyle more than just staying away from meat and dairy I think. Um, I agree
1: and, and the amount of smoked salmon that I ate in Sweden <laughs> I can definitely no longer call myself a vegan.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah I, I do I know I, I kind of revert back here and there and I, I've had to really give myself leeway to do that because for a while I was really quite strictly trying to stick to just pure vegan stuff. And I would feel so guilty if I had like a little bit of cheese or I went out somewhere and they had like really limited plant-based stuff and so I'd opt for something that was more or less that, but it had like a few ingredients where I thought it's probably not strictly vegan. I don't um judge myself too harshly for that. I, I think obviously in the main it would be great if most people could most of the time steer away from anything that uh, promotes cruelty to animals and obviously eating meat and animal products it's supporting animal cruelty basically it yeah, is it's not treating exactly them yeah that's exactly the way that kindly. I look at it like yeah. I
1: just look at it as like you know kind of a percentage thing and my percentage yeah. varies a little bit but I'm like you know what I'm doing my bit predominantly I'm you know I don't eat meat but I have I had the occasional uh, smoked salmon or um, fish and chips, and occasionally I'll have cheese and stuff. And I just don't feel guilty about it because I'm just like most of the time, I eat a predominantly plant-based diet. And if, if everyone did this, then you know we'd be laughing really, mm. and even the animals would be laughing. So I just, I personally have got no time for reprimanding myself about not conforming to um, a label or you know a, a complete abstinence because uh, that doesn't work for me. And I, I was listening
0: to um the Joe Rogan podcast which is amazing but he interviewed Russell Brand on it and it was like a two-hour podcast pretty much and it was oh yeah really about that yeah it was so good and they you know Russell Brand is vegan and, and been a lifelong vegetarian that kind of s- switched to vegan once the issues became more you know once I became more aware of it because I just was completely closed off to it a few years ago I watched some documentaries and I it opened my eyes in ways that it had never been open before and so I really made the transition then and ever since even though I sometimes revert back to Some animal products. I don't do it like blindly. I'm well aware of the choices Mm, that I'm making, and it's not like I feel great about it. But equally, I I can actually make the choice and and, uh, justify it, and be okay with making that choice occasionally. And like you say, if you do something, it's better than nothing. And, And I'm always learning. I'm always trying to do better. But I'm not. I'm definitely not perfect. And in that sense, I think and this is something that Russell Brand said because Joe Rogan is that he hunts he's a meat eater but he hunts his own meat and you would imagine that there can come from completely opposing viewpoints but Russell Brand made this amazing point where he said you know to be an enlightened person it's not about being judgmental it's not about casting like blame and shame onto people that do things differently to you they obviously have a different way of doing things and different opinions and if I had your life I would probably have those exact obviously you'd have those exact things because you'd be a different person with different experiences Mm. that have molded you and shaped you in different ways but you you hear both of them both sides of the story and um, they're neither going to be convinced into being different but they can respect each other's opinions and different views yeah And I I definitely fall more on the side of that where I just think, well, if I'm going to eat some animal products, I'll be I'll do it mindfully and as consciously as I possibly can. You know, I buy organic when I can. I buy good meat and I eat it so rarely that it obviously is less of an impact environmentally than if I, you know, the way that I used to eat, which is pretty much meat and dairy with nearly every meal and um, mm, yeah, I definitely yeah. don't do that yeah. anymore, like no way and I wouldn't feel comfortable about doing that either because I just think just from a point of view, even if you don't care or you just think we're an animal kingdom, animals eat animals so I don't I don't care about that, I don't care that, about that side of it, like the husbandry of it, at least try to care about the state of the planet and, and agriculture has a massive detrimental impact on that. And so, like you say, if most people made much more of an effort to eat it, much more rarely, we would all be doing a lot more, um, Yeah, and I, I do feel like I do, um, I'm consciously trying to do better all the time, and I do quite a lot more than I ever
1: used to, I'm much more aware of it. And,
0: and I just think that that's good. all
1: you can hope for, and that's all you could sort of ask of anyone, and I've just got no time for the idea that, you know, like, it, you're not a proper vegan or you're not a proper vegetarian, if occasionally... You know, you. Well, I mean, I I guess by the the definition of proper, then you're not. But just this idea of judgment is just. I would rather do my bit than um, a feel guilty every time I did have a bit of smoked salmon, or b. You know, You're really get on about smoke salmon. <laughs> oh, I really like smoke it honestly, it like it opened up this like fervor in me. I was like, oh this is so good. Um so yeah, I've I've just now decided that if I ever do want to smoke salmon, then that's on the table for me. Because I'm not about deprivation. I'm really not. And I'm just like I would rather do my bit, you know, eighty percent of the time, eighty-five percent of the time. And have the occasional smoked yeah. salmon, and um, just not, and I'm just not going to feel guilty about it. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel guilty about what they were eating if they were trying to do their bit, because yeah. I just think it's it's all good, you know. And just these ideas of of people saying things like oh, I couldn't be too vegan; it's too restrictive, and like it is restrictive to be a full vegan a hundred percent of the time but that doesn't mean so you know i would just rather say we'll just do it half the time or just do it one day a week you know and then you're still doing your bit rather than just being like i'm afraid it's too much for me so i'm just i'm bowing out you know i just like just just do a little yeah bit.
0: i think i think you're absolutely right and yeah p- people that are like so judgmental and, and scathing towards anyone that's actually doing quite a lot more than the average person they're really angling their um vitriol in the wrong direction because if they really want to make a change then go to the people that don't know anything about it and don't or don't care don't try to you know make people feel bad that are doing quite a lot and uh, that are trying to learn more and do better as they go because that's just mean it's almost like that's almost an easy target it's just shaming behavior and
1: any behavior that is shaming i just can't get on board with and also
0: I know, I I've come into contact as well with with a few people unfortunately I'm not trying to say all of them are like this but really staunch vegans that are very like meat is murder and we're killing the planet and yeah great they make massive massive dedicated because it it does take a lot of like knowledge and dedication and discipline to have a very strict vegan lifestyle it does because most things are still so uh, leaning towards like the, that industry because uh, mm. it makes money but um, and that's to be admired I think like that, that discipline on its own I think is to be admired because it takes a bit of work to, to keep it up but don't talk to me about damaging the planet in terms of what we eat when these people are the exact same people that they go all over the world like on six seven holidays long haul yeah, flights yeah, yeah. a year yeah that's not good for the environment either and if you really genuinely cared about that then you wouldn't ever really go on a plane like that's really I think is environment. pretty
1: much the worst thing that we can that we can actually well, it's do. That, and,
0: that and agriculture but yeah both neither of them it's not like one thing is that is bad and the other thing is absolutely fine like you can't really pick and choose that and and it just you know hypocrisy is is not pleasant and we all, we're we're no. all hypocrites in one way or another but when you do that and you could easily you know it could easily be pointed out that there's so much you could do that but you're not because you just want to travel like
1: yeah it's completely controllable mm. i mean i'd say that that is you know the amount of air travel you do for most people unless you're doing it for work um is is completely controllable yeah. whereas you know being a hundred percent vegan is is actually quite a challenge. Sure up. <laughs> I can't be doing I can't be doing with those no. part-time hippies. I really can't. I went to the University of Sussex and just so many trustafarians like trying to get Coke banned from the campus and stuff while they're walking around in all their branded clothing that' clearly been made in sweatshops and stuff like that and they've got their you know their dreadlocks and their trust funds at home and it's just like oh pet (laughs) yeah can't be doing with it
0: blatant blatant hypocrisy and it's like yeah it's not even um yeah the only reason that people go on those long haul flights is purely because they just want to like yeah, just, it's just pleasure. Who it's sort of pleasure. wouldn't, you know, to go on a nice, yeah. different change of environment and to see new cultures and stuff? But it's actually that's such a luxury, and it's not a necessity mm. in life. No one really had that available to them beyond, you know, our grandparents' generation. Yeah, um, it's a very, very new thing, especially the very cheap flights that you can get, where it's like bloody thirty quid, and um, that is not taking care of the environment at all. You no. can't really claim to care about it very much if you do that and you put your own your own sort of um, quest for just travel and, and holidays above above the planet and then plead, well, um, oh, I don't really want to carry on no. down that vein. But no, I it, get
1: it. And, and you know what? It's just like I drink oat milk and I also go to New Zealand. So I put my hands up <laughs> yeah. being a massive hypocrite and I'm, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. You know, I do my bit, it, but I still, still yeah. get on 28-hour planes and I'm fine with that.
0: But then you don't you don't go around judging people.
1: Exactly, yeah. That's why I would never ever judge anyone else. You know, I'm just like if you're doing your bit, good for you. Yeah, try and do your best.
0: Anyway, that that's a nice way to end.
1: Just a really gentle. Just try and do your best. (laughs) Just
0: try and do. We're all trying to do our best. I think that's what most people try and do. And if you genuinely are trying to do that, I don't think we could. You could be asking much more of yourself, or that anybody else should ask much more of you.
1: And you can go through your whole life feeling guilty, and there's just no point. There's just no point. It's going to ruin your life yeah and people that are around you
0: because you're a big fucking bore (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this brings us to the end of the podcast then so i hope you guys have enjoyed it thank you so much for the lovely comments and emails that we have had in the last five months since we've uh, done this from it's just after the new year we started doing them weekly and uh, i have loved it i adore you sarah i've got to know you so much Better doing this as well as sort of developing well, you, a friendship as well. I
1: mean, you would know me better being that you didn't know me at all before. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't not. <laughs> no. But no, I completely agree. It's been so much fun, and I'm looking forward to our break. But yeah, I'm looking forward to picking it up again in the autumn and talking about all the things. Yeah, and I'm fun. certain we will. And I,
0: I just think doing it with with the knowledge that we can and will take breaks is good, isn't it? Because it gives Definitely. it it's a choice. And same as with social media as well. I think I'm going to take like a long extended break from that as well pretty soon for like a month or two or three. And um, that should throw up some stuff because you can get really drawn into living your life online. Not that I have felt like that for a while, but I feel like I would benefit from just being like, I'm not going to do that for a while and think, not yeah, bothering with it. Even if
1: you're not feeling like, you know, addicted and like completely no, consumed not. by it, it's amazing how even if you're not feeling like that, just taking a break like consciously, really yeah, and like consciously, to consciously really nice. take it out of the equation yeah, is is yeah. still good. And definitely, there are people that are super addicted
0: to it. I've been through phases where I felt really like compulsively mm. interested in it, and um, oh, it's just a horrible way to feel. Horrible, yeah. like checking on it all the time, feeling like oh, I haven't posted today. I haven't posted for three days, and I need to find something to like take a photo <laughs> of. And it's fucking bullshit. It's yeah. utter bullshit. And I tell you, it doesn't get any easier than more followers you get I've got a fair few not a massive massive amount but just over 10,000 and I remember sort of leading up to that point thinking oh my god I'm nearly at 10,000 and thinking what the fuck like so what (laughs) What (laughs) difference is it actually gonna make in my life that a load of strangers that I'll most of them I'll never meet or know like follow the page that I invest time like it's fucking bullshit it's rubbish and to get really well she loves it. every
1: last one of you <laughs> oh I, I love
0: you yeah thanks for following <laughs> um no on a on the like addictive point of it because I, I have had lovely I friendships arise from that like some of my best friends now you Cass uh I can't think of anybody else right
1: <laughs> two friends two of you. <laughs> I've had
0: loads they were in double fiction. but that's amazing fix- it, to get to to um, develop two really close really important friendships that I know Definitely. I'll be friends with you for like at least another five minutes to the end months. of the podcast <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. no I think we'll be friends forever I don't think there'll be of a course. point where we won't
1: be and that's amazing to have met through that medium definitely really and i brilliant think it's really it. special wow. in that in that respect and i you know so although i'm i'm not a massive lover of social media i mean we were talking about this just before we started chatting and recording but i'm not massive lover of social media in general and i kind of go through phases of being engaged and and just kind of just finding it a little bit boring and a bit dull but I yeah Instagram was really important to me when I stopped drinking and finding that Mm. community and finding people that I could talk to and I would never ever be down on anyone for um for wanting a piece of that no a piece of that action oh yeah but
0: yeah but when you when you realize that you're sort of in and you can tell people that are like it that post literally three four times a day or every Mm. day or I don't know they don't seem to be able to go out anywhere on a trip or a holiday without documenting it each to their own obviously again not judging it but I've definitely been in those phases and certainly when I've been promoting different things where you don't actually want to do it you just feel like you need to and you've got yeah. to and it's it's a, obviously with me it's straddles a kind of personal account and a bit more of a businessy account where I'm actually promoting work stuff mm. and monetized stuff it's a bit different in that respect it's not a wholly personal photo album kind of thing that I'm sharing but Yeah, either way, I just I feel like it's really good yet again to take breaks from it. And I've taken like several months off from it, like at a time in in the past. And it's really good. And I just feel like I might just take the whole summer off looking at it. I'm not on Facebook at all. I haven't been on for years. And I use Twitter, but only I don't really post on it. And, And I love Twitter because it's like a more of a serious news thing. And I think it's really funny, like some of the threads that you can find, but I don't really engage with it so that's very different for me I don't feel like an addictive pull Mm, yeah yeah. Instagram's a bit a bit different for me but not to a massive degree at the moment and so therefore it's not going to be hard to do it but I know that it will actually be it will feel really liberating just to not have anything to do with it in my life for a while and I know that I'll also start to miss it again I'll start to miss certain accounts that I like checking in on and that actually are inspirational I'll
1: still send you pictures of my cats don't worry I know you're talking about me there
0: yeah, obviously, pictures of cats. Top favorite thing.
1: They're the only account you follow in my life. life. <laughs> so you get all your inspiration from
0: your um, <laughs> your stuff. though, you, you are a brilliant writer, and so and you're really funny. So, our, our, yours is one of the pages where, when you do post something, it's actually like definitely worth reading.
1: Um, oh, thank you.
0: So, I'll, I'd miss your account, but then we're friends, so I know that I can get that like That's directly. Right. You get that
1: for free, just any time. Yeah, any time.
0: I've got the uh, front and center to that (laughs) whenever I want the digits (laughs) oh darling um have a good rest of the day have a good summer
1: you too you too uh, I'm speaking like I'm not gonna speak to you all summer I'll speak to you in October okay (laughs) see you in October (laughs)
0: and um yeah and if anybody else if you want to write in and you want to send a question or a compliment or uh don't bother if you want to lecture us on veganism no no probably just block you if you do that I read but, it um, while I'm eating my smoked salmon. Yeah, we're going to get off and enjoy some smoked salmon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't eat smoked salmon, um, but yeah, do keep writing in. The address will still be standing. The team at OffTheRocks.co.uk, and we can pick up any questions and stuff like that when we come back after summer, after summer holiday,
1: when we're all tanned and, and we're raring we've had to go, flings with Greek waiters. Mm. Mm.
0: Have you ever had a fling with a Greek waitress? (laughs) No. Greek waitress?
1: (laughs) No. Anyone Greek? I don't think I've ever had a fling. Have been to Greece? (laughs) Have been to Greece, yeah. I was about four though, so uh, not much. I was flung around by a Greek. We were trying to wrap this up 20 minutes ago. Let's just say bye. Okay then.
0: Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)